Welcome to the latest episode of Mersey Waves. I'm Jennifer Bruce from Liverpool City Council's communications team. Today I'm talking to Councillor Wendy Simon, who became the acting mayor of Liverpool in December 2020. I was born in Broad Green Hospital at the time. My mum and dad had become homeless, actually, because um, they'd been in a private rented property. And so we were living with my maternal uh, grandparents. Uh, a few months later, we moved to Wavertree. Sort of lived there till I was three. And then for the majority of my childhood, we lived in Halewood. What kind of work did your parents do? My dad mainly worked in factories, mainly manufacturing. He worked in Ford in Halewood for a while, mainly in Plessy. But um, he didn't really enjoy that work. Prior to me being born, he had worked um, in the museum, which he absolutely loved. He was a porter or worked in the stores or that sort of job in the museum. And then when we moved out to Halewood, because it was a new housing estate, there wasn't the um, transport for him to get into work. So he had to give that up. And he really didn't like sort of um, working in the factories, really. And when I was in my early teens... Um, he got a job that he did love then, painting and decorating, which he did then till he retired due to ill health. My mum, she worked part-time in Littlewoods, which was a shop in Liverpool. Um, before that, she, she did work when I was very young. I don't remember that, but a lot of people did. They used to call it a twilight shift in a biscuit factory in um, just off Edge Lane. Um, she worked there for a while, so when my dad got home from work, then she would be there. Um, and then for most... Of my childhood, she worked um, in Littlewood shop. And do you have any brothers or sisters? Um, three sisters, so I'm, I'm the third um, of four. Um, so my older sister, Janice, um, who went to Australia when I was 10. So really there was mainly the three of us at home. Then my next sister, Pauline, sadly, who, who died um, a few years ago. Um, and then myself and my younger sister, Alison. Which school did you go to? Uh, we were um, Catholic, so we went to the local primary school, which was St Mark's in Halewood. The secondary school um, was St Veronica's High School for Girls, it was called. So um, I went there um, from till I left and then on to uh, an FE college. I loved school, absolutely loved school, primary and secondary. I started to sing in a choir in primary school, um, and then that continued when I went into secondary school. Um, and then in secondary school, a few of us who were in that choir for, formed a folk group. So we used to sing quite a lot in local competitions, um, at school, uh, weddings, that sort of thing. And then sort of didn't sing for a while. Then when my daughter was little, the local church where we went, I used to take her, they asked me, would I, I sing in the folk group? Um, we, and I did that, but I haven't sung for, for years, other than probably on a karaoke sometimes or, or whatever. But yeah, I did enjoy singing when I was younger. What did you want to do when you left school? To be honest, I, I didn't really know. Um, I suppose I always knew I wanted to work with people in some way. That was probably why when I went to um, Further Education College, I did a pre-residential course, which was basically um, a taster of all the career professions, really, because I was a bit unsure um, of a career. I'd always sort of, I'd done quite a lot of voluntary work um, as a teenager. I'd worked with um, older people, 
um, in the community, mainly on like a shopping scheme, going shopping for them or doing odd jobs and stuff. And I'd also um, help, one of my friends was heavily involved with um, an evening group for adults with learning disability. So I'd always sort of done that sort of thing, but I wasn't sure, did I want to be a nurse? Did, did I want to do something else? I, I wasn't really sure. I would say I probably didn't get really good career advice at school. Uh, nobody in my family had gone to university. Um, I did leave school with quite a number of O-levels. Um, university wasn't discussed um, really and then went to FE um, and then started work really when I, when I finished there and then went to university while I was working. So what, what work did you do? So when I was uh, did that course as I say it, it covered all aspects of, of the caring profession from the cradle to the grave really um, and uh, sort of I decided at that point that I'd, I'd like to work with children and young people um, and one of my placements on the uh, course, I'd been at a children's home. Um, and at the time, there was being a new children's home that was being built and they were advertising for staff. So I got quite a junior position because I was only 18 um, at the time um, as a, I think you were called um, a house parent at that time. So I was like a junior um, house parent and started my career in social work then really so worked in residential children's care uh, for a number of years before moving into field social work. What was it like working at a children's home in the 80s? Um, quite scary when it first began because the uh, young people went up to 18 and literally I think I was nine, I started in the October so I was 19 in the November so sort of quite daunting really when you think about it. I don't think I really thought about that closeness of the age at the time, um, but I loved it. It was something I really enjoyed. Um, um, I worked there until my daughter was two, so until 1989 in different jobs. Um, sort of, we moved into the new children's home and I worked in the assessment unit, which I really loved. Um, and then sort of, cause it was shift, and something I, I did quite enjoy doing that but then obviously when my daughter was younger wanted more sort of nine to five work really in being at home I moved to being a generic social worker and then that changed to being a children's social worker. What was it about social work that you enjoyed? I think sort of I've always enjoyed working with people I've always sort of um been interested in different people's lives and um uh, and helping people where I could really, supporting them, um, helping to advocate for them where they at times couldn't advocate for themselves. Um, I don't know whether I'd, I drifted into it originally just from a course and then there was that job, but I, I did really, you know, sort of admire the spirit of people, particularly, you know, sort of when, you know, sort of against all odds, you know, people were still battling on, really, and I've, I've got... I know a lot of people quite often say it's a really hard job, but I think it's a real privilege of a job to do. Yes, you do work with some really difficult uh, cases and, and see some of the darker side of life, but you also see such joy and such, you know, helping to support a family to stay together and, you know, sort of um, supporting them to, you know, sort of get through some of those difficult times I've always found really important. How did you get into politics? In 2007, just felt, you know, my, my daughter was older, um, you know, sort of my work 
was a bit more flexible than it had been. Um, and I just felt it was something I could offer quite a bit with my experience that I'd had in the union, uh, my experience with my voluntary work and community work um, and trade union. And that, you know, sort of, you know, people had said, have you thought about standing and did. Was becoming a counsellor what you thought it would be? I suppose sort of initially when you just become a counsellor, um, it, it's quite daunting in a sense that people treat you um, as if you're different in that sort of way. I found that a bit, a bit the same. Um, a colleague that I, I used to have used to say, you know, sort of, um, you, you know, people feel you're very important. I didn't feel I was very important. Um, I felt I had an important role to do. Um, and you know to represent people the best that I could um but you know sort of it was sometimes sort of you know and I think because I worked in local government so so I understood how local government worked sort of um being called councillor rather than your name and stuff like that was all a bit different but um overall you know sort of um I don't suppose till we became an administration and I became a cabinet member, I was very much in the limelight. I'd, I'd done a lot of trade union work, so I was used to public speaking. Um, obviously, I was used to, in my job, used to attending court. So actually sort of being in the spotlight in a sense where you're under pressure wasn't new, but it was a different sort of role, really. As acting mayor of Liverpool, what do you want for this city? I mean, for me, I want everybody in Liverpool to um, have hope for a better future for themselves um, and for their community, um, for opportunities to be opened up for all, particularly um, within education um, and employment, because I think that is a route for people to sort of um, change areas of their life if they wish to, uh, but also to just enhance their life and the life experiences. Um, I was really pleased when we came up with the concept of the inclusive growth plan and how that will be community driven. Um, and I think our work going forward needs to really look at our neighborhoods and our communities and how we're responding to the individual needs of those communities in the work that we do as a council. How do you make that happen? I mean, how, how do you make those opportunities come about? I think you have to listen um, to what people are saying, to understand the barriers um, that people face. You may believe that you know some of them, but actually sort of really listening uh, to what people have to say, understanding sometimes, you know, access to something isn't about it being free. If it involves transport and you can't afford to get there, um, if it's about childcare, you know, and there is none, uh, so that, that limits you. So sort of quite often there are hidden barriers to things as well, people's confidence, the people feeling that they don't belong. And so I think sort of driving things through that community really helps um, because actually you're listening to people's real stories about why they you know, haven't done things, and also focusing on the positives where things have worked really well, um, what's made that work well, what's made that difference, um, and really sort of um, focusing on those things. And I think, you know, and we've been talking about this for some time, I think um, obviously for the last year, COVID's been in the way, but going forward, you know, we really need to look at that, how we're structured as a council. Are we talking to each other? 
are the problems you know being dealt with quickly enough are we when we're looking at regeneration really looking at the place and and the issues that communities face and we have discussed all those things and i suppose the next stage is moving that on so we're taking a whole council approach to things and working with our partners so that we're all talking about the same things and uh, trying to improve uh, the services and the access to those services that people have how can the people of liverpool individual people, how can they contribute to the city's success? I think by, you know, sort of engaging in that, that ward work, in the ward plans, where we've been, a good example of that really at the moment is we've been doing an alleyway programme in certain wards of the city um, and in a number of those wards, you know, things have been pretty poor in those alleyways, you know, sort of fly tipping, lots of rubbish, rats, and the transformational work that's gone on, not just in improving the conditions of the alleys, but also in those residents coming together, talking about what they want that has then developed in, into some really good neighborhood working people looking out for each other you know having whatsapp groups reporting fly tipping you know sort of them really wanting to do some positive things so it's about trying to get people to engage i think policies over the years have driven communities apart um, and that they've been and it's about how how we work for people uh, to come together um, and sort of, you know, get to know their neighbours, get to know their communities and actually appreciate the good things in the communities as well, as, as well as recognising, you know, things that need to change as well. What would your 19-year-old self think of where you are now and what advice would you give her? I don't know that she would have believed that she would be doing that. Um, but I suppose the advice I would give is believe in yourself um, believe in those who believe in you, you know, um, take the advice, you know, that people give you, um, be honest to yourself and to others, because I think that's really important, um, be clear, um, in your objectives, um, also be clear about things that you can't do, because uh, I think people do value honesty, you know, don't promise things that you can't deliver, um, and just, um, I suppose for, you know, I always have said and said, like, I never had a career goal, even from, like, leaving school and sort of, even within politics, it wasn't like, right, in, in this year's time, I want to go for that. You know, when opportunities arise or there are things you want to do, go for it, don't hesitate, don't doubt yourself, because I think as a woman as well, there's quite a lot of self-doubt in about whether you can do certain things. And quite often people have a lot more belief than you have in yourself about doing things. If you found that interview thought-provoking, please take a listen to other content produced by the communications team at Liverpool City Council. And if you would like to be a subscriber and get an alert every time new audio is produced, then sign up by going to merseywaves.co.uk and hitting the subscribe button. 